An artist's duty, as far as I'm concerned, is to reflect the times. I think that is true of, of our painters, sculptors, poets, musicians. I, it's because I'm concerned it's their choice. But I choose to reflect. All right, cool. Hi. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? It always uh, feels really going... silly yeah. to ask that because we've we've already done this. Like... Yeah. What, what you guys don't know is that we do like a a catch up every day. Like we every day we record, we do like a catch up of like how each other is doing, and so we're like having to reiterate our hey, like hey part two. <laughs> Hello again. <laughs> Oh, hi there, Molly. I didn't see you there. Oh, gosh, Chrissy. It's good to see you. <laughs> but it is good to see you, actually. <laughs> it is good to see you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good to see you. <laughs> Oy. Doing really well. Doing really we're doing well. so good. Um. What I do think we're doing a really great job at is picking our movies because the movie this week, look at that segue work. Did you see that? Oh, Did she's you see that always on it with the transition. <laughs> she's fucking killing it. Just simply killing it. But the movie that we chose for this week's spooky feature film discussion is... Luca Guadagnino's uh, 2018 remake of the film Suspiria. Suspiria. I, I, in my head, I keep <laughs> saying time. In my head, I'm like, uh, Disturbia. And I'm like, yeah. don't do it. Don't do it. Suspiria. Suspiria. It's like a darkness <laughs> is light. Suspiria. Uh, uh. <laughs> such a good song honestly though and that music video was stellar Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. yes uh but this film also stellar also incredible music um by tom york by tom york and i would also like to like preface this with if you haven't seen suspiria which you probably should if you're listening to this podcast um because there will be spoilers but if you haven't seen it you should know that this film made Tarantino cry. Interesting. He he contacted uh, Luca and was like, this film was incredible. It made me cry, blah, blah, blah. And so wow. I'm like, if you can make a guy like Quentin Tarantino cry, it's probably a decent movie, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good metric of like, uh, uh, it got like a whatever on Rotten Tomatoes and... Uh, Two tears from Two tears <laughs> Quentin from Tarantino. Tarantino. <laughs> tears with Tarantino. <laughs> Tarantino yes. tears. That's a that's Taran- a, a new that's like, new star metric. rating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna. Get, I actually like that. That's we, our new merch. <laughs> okay, oh, keep an eye out for our new merch that we keep talking about. Tarantino's and tears. <laughs> Tarantino's tears. Um. But yeah, this film uh, was such a beautiful film. Um, it incorporates dance. It incorporates, uh, you know, music. It incorporates uh, so many cool aspects of history. It takes part in a very uh, contentious point in history in Berlin. Um, in fact, the location of the dance company that the film is centered on is right across from the Berlin Wall. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's a it's a lot, but yeah, let's let's go for it. Let's let's do this. Let's, let's talk about the heck in. So this one, um, the director called this version of it a a cover version rather yes. than a remake, which is mm-hmm. really interesting because okay, so the original was the first in what it was the first right? Yeah, it was the first in in a, um, in a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um. And this kind of, like, takes elements of all of them, I think. Um, But there is one major change in the endings. Mm -hmm. Interesting information. Very interesting. Do do you want to let 
Do you want to tell the audience what that is? We're going to just tell the ending. Okay. No, no. We're not. We're not going to tell the ending. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Your face. You're like, um, no. <laughs> Chrissy, we're three minutes in. So you're ready to end the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> we got to leave a little mystery, much yeah, like yeah, this no, movie does most of the yes. time. You're like, what the actual fuck am I watching? It's like, yes, a lot of it or, or sections of it are like a little bit just like like weird, like like a visual like painting. Like that's stupid. Mm-hmm. All paintings are visual. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I hear what you're saying. It's like it's video, a, a video, <laughs> yeah. a moving painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Jesus. <laughs> no, but I honestly I didn't even catch it. Like I was with mm-hmm. you. I was with you the whole time. No, it's all but, visual. Um yeah, so this film takes place uh in 1977, which is actually when the original film was released. Um but this one is set in that time period, set in Berlin. Um and it centers around a dance company called the Helena Marcus Dance Company. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm sorry, I feel, I didn't want to, like, take the reins on that. I was going to, like, let you have a chance to interject if you. Oh, I mean, that's, that's good. That's the info. That's a, that's a good start. <laughs> that's a good start. Um, and I guess it's also worth mentioning, uh, you don't realize it from the trailers or anything, but this is a movie about witchcraft. It's a witch movie. It's yes. It's a witch movie. Spooky, um, scary. Witch. <laughs> witch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> we are also. We got the giggles today. We do. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's great. Um, we are also doing a witch episode at the end of the month. But. Yes. This is like. This is not, like, witchcraft that you think of when you think witchcraft. This is very, like, centuries old Mm -hmm. witchcraft. Like, very early magic. Yeah, and they really don't delve into... It's also very ambiguous. Yeah, it's very ambiguous. The only thing that we know about them being witches is that they are called witches by other characters that are afraid of them, essentially. And... Yeah, I, I feel like this uh, movie does such a great job of, like, giving that uneasy, brooding feeling, like something's brewing, something's about to happen, yeah. without necessarily giving away too much or, or doing... I, I don't think there's a single jump scare in this. Like, Mm-mm. it's definitely not that type of horror movie. But the whole, like, uh, one of the beginning aspects of the film is uh, we are in the bedroom with the lead character, Susie Banyan, um, in Ohio, and she's surrounded by her family who are Mennonites, and they're surrounded, they're surrounding their mother who is on her deathbed, essentially. And there is, you know, Tom York uh, from Radiohead, his haunting uh, score in the background, but all you you can hear behind it is this, like, death rattle. Mm-hmm. Um, like, her mother's ragged breathing is, like, the life is basically oozing out of her. Mm-hmm. And then that death rattle audio carries us into Susie Banyan's new life in Berlin as she uh, travels to Berlin and comes to audition at this dance company. And our Susie is portrayed by Dakota Johnson. We love her. We love her, and admittedly... When this movie came out, I was like, this seems like such an intellectual movie. And I was on the Dakota Johnson, like, hate train. Oh, I was too. Because if, if you're not aware, Dakota Johnson oh is the lead from Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Molly's cat is going to attack her um, mid-podcast. Um has got too many... Too many animals here. Too many cats in the kitchen. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but... uh, What what was I saying? What were you saying? What Um, were you saying? We were talking about Dakota Johnson. 
Oh, yes, yeah. She was uh, originally in Fifty Shades of Grey, the films. Uh, she was kind of kind of made her bigger, like, that was her breakthrough role was in Fifty Shades of Grey. So I, too, as you and I are both staunch feminists and also haters of abusive, toxic relationships, um, I was not, like, a huge fan of Dakota Johnson. However... I don't think she is either a huge mm-hmm. fan of those movies. Based right. On... I think she kind of went in and got her bag and good for her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know what? As women, that's kind of how we need to work the industry at this point. I hope that there becomes a point when you don't have to, like, sell yourself to, like, be seen as somebody worth being in a spectacular role, such as, like, the one in Suspiria. But... Regardless, but that's also uh, just we, like the way that that industry works is like you gotta exactly. take any breaks where they come exactly, and yeah. e- each of those comes with its own like risk of like kind of being blackballed, you know. I guess, yeah. and that's sort of what happened yeah. to her unjustly because she's honestly such an incredible actress. Oh yeah, she's, she's gorgeous, really and thoughts. like um, her acting is like dance like. She was perfect in this. Oh. It in was, this role. She was, yeah. She was, like, the casting, uh, like, casting all around was phenomenal. And on that note, I feel like we need to celebrate the fact that Tilda, Tilda Swinton <laughs> does not play one character. Not two not characters. Two characters. She plays three, three assing characters. characters. <laughs> and one of them is an old man. <laughs> and... She's very convincing. She's um, very convincing. I literally like, I, didn't know until after seeing the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just like I also didn't the, know that Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz was in the movie, and I saw this movie yeah. twice, and I still oh like. <laughs> yeah. Every time well, I'm was, like, where is she? <laughs> so and I was like really hyped about this film before it came out, so I knew she was in it, and I was actually surprised of like the. Like how little of a role she ended yeah, up playing, yeah. Because they really plastered her name on there. Mm-hmm. However, she's been like Chloe Grace Moretz is is kind of one of the bigger names now. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's in that tier, I would say. So, um, but yeah, and like special effects work, makeup wise, um, was incredible in this for multiple reasons. Because we have not only Tilda Swinton playing a very convincing old man. Um, but we also have a lot of characters, you know, that are going through physical changes due to witchcraft and spells mm-hmm. and such and curses and, and things of that nature. And they just did such a stellar job, uh, such a realistic job, very haunting imagery in this film. It's beautiful um, and, it, and grotesque at the same time. Yes. Like, absolutely when, grotesque. <laughs> yeah. Like, and... and like, the film itself reminds me of a, a quote from the, the movie where Ma- Madame Blanc, who is um, kind of the face at the moment um, of the com- dance company, she's kind of the leader, except for Marcos, who we'll talk more about later. Mm. But um, that bitch. Madame Blanc. That bitch, Marcos. That bitch. Oh, I can't wait to rip her a new one. Also played by Tilda Swinton. Also played by <laughs> Tilda Swinton. Um. But the uh, the Blanc two like warring matriarchs of are this, played by the same are played woman. by the same woman. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, and the uh, man who figures a... it out is played by the same woman. Same woman. And that's another important aspect of this film. There's only two men cast in this film, um, and they play cops. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone else in this movie is is a woman. We love um, it. And, like, the most tender male character is played by a woman. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, that was very interesting choice. But a quote from the movie is, um, there, uh, there are two things dance can never be again, beautiful and cheerful. Today we need to break the nose of every beautiful thing. Yes. And I loved that um, quote. Like, that dance isn't, it, it kind of, again, like, comes back to this idea that you and I are talking about with female gaze and male gaze of, mm-hmm. like, um, 
like art, especially when it comes to women, doesn't have to be beautiful to mean something. Like, right. and it doesn't have to be beautiful to be of worth and to be lauded and credible. There shouldn't and be I, like a certain parameter to quote unquote women's art. And exactly, like, yeah. Like as soon as a woman like dives into the grotesque any in any sort of way, she gets flack for it, or like you know like it in a way cheapens her. Whereas with other male directors, I feel like it's celebrated and seen almost like like a kitschy gimmick type of like yeah, that's what his whole thing is. But like. Yep. Women are often given the shit end of the stick in that sense when it comes to their art. There's a lot more. Um, it's it's harder yeah. for people to celebrate women being gross. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Like we're not allowed to be like like your brain can't stick. fucking process it or something. <laughs> like yeah, well it's like that's why I feel like slapstick and physical humor is such a male dominated. Um, like genre for because like a lot of slapstick is kind of uh, like gross. <laughs> he's like pawing at your face. <laughs> so cute. Sorry, uh, he's uh, no, don't be sorry. He's gonna I'm hang obsessed. out. He'll be nice. <laughs> yeah, our guest star, Mr. Eleanor Molly's cat. <laughs> um, he's no, a but baby. Yeah, I feel like slapstick has like elements of of like grossness and like haha like farting humor potty humor that type stuff but as soon as women start to like teeter into those waters we you know get a lot of like bullshit for it Mm -hmm. so i loved that quote for that reason um and yeah uh so i guess shall we dive more into the plot let's do it all right um do you ever read Amazon reviews just for fun? Just to like... Oh, yeah. Um, so I read some of the Amazon reviews after uh, this this watch of it, and there were lots of angry men, men? on there who were uh, like... Was, um, yep. Two stars. Boring. Literally, what I, I want to go back and see what it said. There was one that was so funny to me. Uh, I feel like this could be its own episode of like us reading just reading Amazon yeah. reviews by men <laughs> on on films. Yeah. Uh, truly, truly. Oh, hell, where is okay? Jesus Christ, I'm struggling here. Do 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 Spooky, scary skeletons. Um. This is unrelated while I'm going to look at these uh, Amazon reviews here. Um, but do you do you have a Halloween costume picked out? I have several. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Um, <laughs> oh, I'll um, tell you why. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you why. Because so I've been on this really crappy trend of never dressing up for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not like me as a person. I'm a no, very not at all. person. So it usually just comes down to, uh, well, honestly, if we're being real here in the past, it's I always have like a big depressive episode in the fall. And by the time Halloween comes around, I've like not done anything. Mm-hmm. So I haven't planned or thought of anything. Um, luckily, I'm in a much better place in adulthood. So that's better. And also... I have my uh, friend and coworker Tatiana, who will be guest starring later this month. Woo-hoo. She loves Halloween, and she loves costumes, and she loves like finding them and coming up with ideas and picking them out. And she has been such a factor into why I have co- more than one costume, let alone a costume at all. But um, yeah, we have quite a few planned that we're gonna wear to work. Um, we're going as the Shining Twins. Yes. Um, we're doing Midsummer. She's Danny. I'm the Bear. We love it. <laughs> um, we're doing Adam's Family. She's Wednesday. I'm Pugsley. Love it. Um, <laughs> we're doing the Craft. Uh, I don't think we're doing specific characters. Just general like craft vibes. Yeah. And then I think our other one was like, uh, what was it? Oh, like rock stars. 
I think she's going as Kurt Cobain. Okay. I was kind of strung for, like, I, I was having trouble finding something, um, and I'm, like, I don't know, about to buy a Bearded Dragon, so I'm trying to save money. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I have a lot of stuff in my wardrobe to do, um, like, uh, oh, no, why did his name just escape me? I love him. Bob Dylan. Oh, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's so perfect. So I'm going to do Bob Dylan, and she's going to be Kurt Cobain. Love it. Um, yeah, so that that's my my several Halloween costumes <laughs> land. Um, Love it. Um, but yeah, what about you? Um, during this rewatch of Suspiria, I was like, you think I could tie knots like that? <laughs> <gasps> oh my god, Molly, if you do it, I'm going to be so, like living through you vicariously so proud of you so obsessed with you i aka already am obsessed with you but like <laughs> this oh my god no if you do it i i yes <laughs> thinking about it okay i found the i found these reviews and i'm just okay. gonna read some of the titles uh awesome. to their reviews um this man said disgrace to first film um <laughs> boring boring spelled b-o-a-r-i-n-g boring 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 no what plot a boring terrible film. remake of an excellent film <laughs> yeah which you know the the original has its positives and has its place uh the original also has like zero plot yeah, so all I remember actually... of the, the original is, like, crazy cinematography choices. Like, right. The, the That's most the insane film. zooms. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> the whole film is aesthetics and music. Like, that's the fulcrum of it. There's honestly, mm -hmm. like, very little dance in the original film, too. Like, almost, there's, like, one dancing scene, which is surreal to me in a film that's about a dance that's company. That's about a dance company. Like, um. Um, Flash secret so cousin, that but... that interestingly ties in with this other man's uh, <laughs> review here. He said, "Bloated remake fails to inspire." Um, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's not it's not bloated when it just actually has plot. Yeah, it actually made made sense of what the original was trying to do. I think. Okay, film bro. Um, film bro. I... Also, God. like not inspiring like i after i saw this movie i then watched it like three more times that same week because of how much it inspired me right um as a creative like um but yeah so this movie is isn't it's such a cool film um because it's not only a, somewhat of a period piece but it's also a horror it's also um, very art house and very yes. um, magical and mystical in the way that they portray everything. But it's also in a very subtle um, way that mirrors the time and the conflict in the country mm -hmm. that they were in. Like I like um, I that and I based on a, interviews like that. I think that's very much part of Luca Guadagnino's. Um, uh, like vision like he wanted something that tied in the real world to this and like magical underbelly mm -hmm. um that was existing unknowingly and 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 herein we get to the basic plot of the film which is it's a secret which is coven under the guise of a dance company um, although guys is maybe not even the right word to use because they do use dance as a form of uh, witchcraft and in a sense and for spells yes. and such. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but the public eye, it's, it's uh, used as a tactic to keep them hidden and keep them hidden, safe hidden in plain sight. Exactly. Um, a lot of the plot sort of plays out in subtext. Mm -hmm. as well which i really love it's not overstated in any way and right. sure as hell is not bloated um yeah. that that's just sort of frustrating um 
More than I anything. hate reading reviews for that reason it, it, when like, I love hurts, a movie. <laughs> it hurts my brain, but also it's just like hilarious because it, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know, you know. You know, you know, you know. Um, when you know, you know, you know, you know. Um, when you know. Um, although there is like quite a bit of, I feel like, I don't know what the word, right word to use here is, but like divinity as far as like um Susie's character is involved it mm-hmm. other than that it truly feels like we were just like dropped into like any moment in time yes. in this dance company it's like you know there's so much going on here that's it's all about subtext subplot it's just a very rich mm-hmm. environment yeah oh that's such a great way of putting it like I, it feels like very rounded out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like as as a film like um and, and I think that's why so many people who are are obsessed with the original probably shirked away from this remake mm-hmm. because they've been so invested in this beautiful film, but also very lacking in story. So I could see, like, if you've really bought into this idea of what Suspiria should be versus what uh, Luca's cover of it was. I love that. Um, <laughs> I know, I love it too. And there was like one quote he said that like like that's that's how he was approaching it when he was creating it was it wasn't a remake to him, it was an homage to mm-hmm. an incredible powerful emotion I felt when I saw it. Um and I I think what he did to this film because of how that film made him feel has me it's like it's like a chain effect of like the original impacted him so he made this one which has impacted me and like Mm -hmm. and you and i feel like um yeah it's such an interesting film also the dance the the style of dance that they chose for the film i thought was very um do you know what style of dance it is so so is it modern it's modern dance and it was uh Damien Jalet uh, choreographed it. If you're not familiar with him, he also did Tom York's short film with Paul Thomas Am- Anderson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he choreographed Anima. Um, he also choreographs a lot of other things that are very similar to the work that you'll see in Suspiria. Um, but his big um, influences for the choreography for this film was P- Pina Bosch and uh, Martha Graham, who were big modern art or modern dance um choreographers back in in that same time period in like the 60s and 70s and such so okay um yeah and and she you know was very much part of that uh area of the country too she's very big in europe so i feel like that was another reason why they chose that kind of style is that that would be something you'd be seeing like an all-female dance company of course, they would choose like Pina, uh, Pina's work to like, like, I don't know, go off of. Anyway, um, but yeah, and I like. I just think one of the coolest aspects of this film is like, as you were saying before, with subtext. Like, we have so much subtext to like in Susie's past her yearning to go to Berlin has been since she was a child. Like, you get flashbacks of her childhood. And though they don't, again, they don't spell it out, but you see her, like, in her coloring book, like, coloring Berlin. And, yeah. Like, they're supposed to be studying America, and instead she's flipping the pages to Berlin and, like, circling <laughs> mm-hmm. it. And, um, and so it's like she, drive. that first night, whenever she's in Berlin, she, um... Or I don't know if it was the first night, but whenever her roommate is there, um, mm, she's mm. talking to her and she she says, um, "I just realized that whenever I say everyone in Berlin, that includes me now. I live in Berlin," and she's yeah. just like sort of reveling in it for a moment. It's cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I like loved that. Yeah, I love that line because like, I don't know. That's how I think and feel too of like mm-hmm. oh my god now when i say everyone in new york i'm like oh fuck i'm that's you that. that's so <laughs> weird um and eventually you're gonna be too yeah <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um 
But yeah, uh, like, so I would say, so we're being dropped in, like, you, the way you worded it was perfect. Like, you're being dropped in at any moment into, like, this dance company's world. Mm-hmm. However, we just happen to drop in at a very pivotal pivotal moment um, where there is conflict within the company over Ooh, spooky. Conflict between women? Oh, no. The <laughs> drama. Um, so the two matriarchs uh, of the company are um, Marcos and Blanc. Blanc. They're both played by Tilda Swinton. You'll actually recognize Tilda Swinton as Blanc. Um, yeah. And then as Marcos, you don't see Marcos until, like, closer to the end of the film. But um, And that bitch and is old. there's a reason for that. She's old. She's definitely only being kept alive by witchcraft and witchcraft alone. Mm -hmm, Like, her body mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. no longer serving her, honey. And (laughs) that is the issue. Well, there's two issues. A, she needs a new vessel for her soul because the current vessel is just decrepit and terrifying looking when you see it. Um, Again, Big applause to special effects team of this mm-hmm. of this movie. Um, secondly, the other conflict is uh, there is a power struggle between Blanc and Marcos over who should be running the company. Um, Marcos has kind of uh, insidious um, m- like motivations for this company. That being, I, it's really very like a self serving purpose like like she's bringing in these like young vulnerable girls to not only strengthen her coven but also to find a receptacle basically for her her spirit her soul um whereas blanc you know kind of has from what we can tell although again it's not spelled out for you in too many words but we can tell she has like a gentle spirit she actually values these young women in the coven she wants to care for them um and that was another awesome aspect of the film. We are hearing about this conflict, not in these, like, clear, drawn-out scenes, but we are actually hearing about this conflict via um, what I interpret it as, like, tele- telekinesis. Um, like, these witches... Because uh, there's this scene where they're all... All the, like, kind of leaders of the dance company are in the kitchen mm-hmm. in the morning, getting ready, getting their coffee, and they're not speaking. They're not saying words. However, we're hearing this audio um, of them voting. And you don't know exactly what they're voting on, but you know some people are saying that they're voting for Marcus. Some people are saying they're voting for Blanc, yada, yada. Um, and ends up Marcus ends up being the winner. And I just thought that was a really cool way, instead of being like, okay, now we have to have a scene of all the witches voting together. Right, it was very subtle, like... Yeah, um, like, and that's like, as a film viewer, I love when directors trust us with that. Like, mm -hmm. like, I know you're smart enough and, like, like invested in this film enough to, to want to know what's happening and not need it, like spelled out for you or babied through it you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah for sure <laughs> um another good quote um from dr klemperer which his role in the film basically uh is he's a psychotherapist he's part- and um this girl who ends up going missing um which is like the first little bit of conflict really that happens um she had been going to see him and he kind of is the one to piece things together suspect witchcraft Mm -hmm. um by way of that other girl whose name i cannot remember uh wait with the help of um because Patricia Patricia's the one who went missing, yeah. So Sarah was it Sarah? Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. I think yeah. Um And yeah, it was interesting that Tilda was playing 
that role. Um, I read something about that was an intentional choice to keep it all within the female gaze. Mm-hmm. Um, although it was a male vessel. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Yeah, and it, like, again, like, the the most uh, touching male character in the film, like, is played mm-hmm. by her, which, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like, but um, there were so many, like, very poignant quotes that he said, and I just wanted to share them, um, but, like, delusion is a lie that tells the truth. Um, and then another one was love and manipulation, they share houses very often they're frequent bedfellows um which it's funny because this is coming from him as he's like he so when he's talking about these things he's talking about it from the point of patricia this girl who goes missing at the beginning she's an american dancer and played by chloe grace moretz and she goes missing at the beginning of the film, after she suspects something dark and insidious is happening at the at the company, and in talking with her friend Sarah later on, Doctor Klemperer says those things, and even though he's saying them from the point of view of like, well, Patricia used witchcraft and like suspected that it was a coven as a way to like. Um, almost to kind of like cope with the fact that maybe these women that she looked up to were actually like doing terrible political acts and that was the original um i think fear of dr klemper and why he cared to find her because it was less so oh yeah i think they're witches and more so he originally thought like no the witchcraft is a delusion they're actually like maybe bad People somehow involved in like the the cold war like <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and and because uh, it was like vaguely just, around that time i think mm-hmm. right yeah yeah and i just thought that was really interesting because even though he's saying it from a different perspective you could still like flip that around and and use it on the aspect of like the coven hiding in plain sight itself mm-hmm. of, like uh Delusion is a lie that tells the truth. Like, the lie is that it's a dance company. <laughs> and the truth is that it's a place where, like, these crazy things are taking place. And, like, um, yeah, just a lot of, like, really poignant, um, like, lines in this film for me, um, too, of, like, uh, this one was, I thought, a really great way of foreshadowing um, kind of the uh, leaders of the coven, their intention with Susie Banyan. Because essentially when Susie Banyan comes and does her audition, they're like, oh, she's like so intuitive and so like, like just knows what we want. She's going to be our new vessel for Marcos because we essentially get to the fact that they have been conditioning Patricia um, to be this vessel and as soon as Patricia catches wind of it she freaks out runs to the psychotherapist um, then goes missing Um, and so now Susie Banyan our new American character um, she comes in blows them all away and they've decided that she will be their new vessel now to hold Marcos's um, spirit soul mm-hmm. um and so at one point in the film tilda is working i'm uh, sorry tilda uh <laughs> blanc madame blanc is like you know tilda we're tilda, on a first name basis the icon uh, herself. <laughs> she's really my higher power like if i was ever in a 12-step program mm. tilda would be the higher power for me um but she she madame blanc is working with Susie on on her choreography and at one point she says, when you dance the dance of another, you make yourself in the image of its creator. You empty yourself so she can work, um, or so she can live within you, so her work can live within you. Um, which was such like a, 
A, just a beautiful string of words mm-hmm, <laughs> and, like, mm-hmm. a, a really gorgeous quote about dancing and choreography in general, but also, like, a really sneaky foreshadowing type of way of, like, we're, like, mentally, like, conditioning you um, to get ready for the fact that we're going to, like, empty out your soul from your body mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's give really it to Marcus. Chill. Yeah, it's no, mm-hmm. it's really no big deal as long as you just like empty your soul and just give us your soul cease. and it's like really fun. Yeah, like just cease to exist. Um, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag twenty twenty bye. Um, no, but seriously, it's um, yeah, I I don't know. Also, like, I think as soon as I am able to only dress as these women. Like, the costume design in this movie was so good. Mm -hmm. Like, not only was it super accurate to, like, modern dancers in that time period, but it was also just, like, really aesthetically beautiful. And, um, I don't know. Like, the vision of this film is so succinct and so, um, like, it just... There's not a moment where I feel like it's not connected or disjointed. Um, it just really vibes for me. Just, I, I, I'm just vibing. It's just a vibe. It is almost uh, three hours long. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, I guess that's a good warning. I, but the, I promise you it won't feel that way when you're watching it because mm-hmm. I genuinely always forget that it's that long. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But, Yeah. It's still, it's, it's a fun time. It seems like it's a, a big undertaking, but it's a fun time from it's start a, to finish. It's a, it's a like really cool story. Um, and even though it's not an original story by Luca Guadagnino, um, it, he makes it original. Like, you know, he really, he makes it into something special, into something that can be, Maybe appreciate. Oh my God! A bigger audience. <laughs> my dog came in wearing a sweater. <laughs> oh no! Dogs in sweaters. Oh come here! Come here! Come here! Come here! I'm gonna here, like a. Uh, there she is. Indigo, I, come here. Oh, that's such a nice sweater. Okay, audience. So here we have um, Indigo. She's coming onto the screen. Indigo's a beautiful white dog. Um, very smooth, pointy ears. Also, Indigo is wearing today a gorgeous sweater. She looks so good. Olive sage color. (laughs) Um, But she's really like pulling out all the stops today with these looks. She really is. She has got the. (laughs) That's sweater weather inspiration right there. (laughs) Sweater weather inspiration. But yeah. Sorry. Um, No, not don't be sorry. It's super worth it. Super worth it. Uh, okay, now that we're not only three minutes into the recording, should we give the big reveal or should I we... don't know, guys. Do you want to hear the big reveal? I think here's our here's the warning. We're about to reveal something. If you don't want to hear it, stop the podcast. And now, and now. stop it here. Cut it off. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and okay, and. Molly, give it to us. All right, all right. So. We think that um, Susie is going to take a, let Marcos whatever give the, this, the soul exchange thing, right? <laughs> the, 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 soul exchange. The that soul sounds exchange. like that sounds like like a, some sort of weird thrift store. Soul in exchange. I got this at Soul Exchange. I got this at Soul Exchange. They sell know. bongs and burlap pants. <laughs> that's, yeah. No. One hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, soul exchange. Soul exchange. So we we think that the soul exchange is gonna happen, <laughs> and then we find out that Susie is, and I'm gonna butcher butcher this word, the superior, the t- <laughs> mother superiorum, Ma- mater superiorum, 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 superiorum. <laughs> it's like the darkness is li- okay. Um, but yes, no, Molly. I think that you said it perfectly, and yes, <laughs> I said it very uh, 
troubledly. Um, no, I loved it. But yeah, Susie, what? so Susie had to, have, she was drawn to Berlin. Like, mm-hmm. then that was made clear from the beginning. Like, that, that was divinity, whether she knew what was happening or not. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I keep getting phone calls. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, and so I think, like, the cool aspect of this film, too, is that um, it's kind of in the hands of the audience member to decide was she aware, like, was she actively Mother Superiorium the whole time? Or was it a, something that was awakened in her, like, something that she was aware of or something that lived within her dormant until it had to be awakened by these experiences? But such a badass Such a badass. Um, and I, I think it is the latter that it was... Like, an, an unconscious, sort of subconscious, like, magnetism that drew her there. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a thing that, like, just sort of unfolded. And she was just drawn there to do the thing. And it all right. ended up making sense to her. Um, uh, exactly. There was yeah. no, like, and- I am a witch in my Mennonite community. And, uh, <laughs> like... <Yes>. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's very much like it. And, and um... Yeah, it's, like, such a uh, cool, like, powerful, like, oh, oh, lady power moment when she's, like, um, Mother Marco, she's she's asking um, Mother Marcos, who's, like, sitting decrepit in the chair, and she's, like, who, who, like, um, oh, crap, what's the phrase that she used? Who anointed you? Mm-hmm. Um, basically asking which of the three mothers of these like m- ancient mythical uh, witches, which of the three uh, anointed her to be Mother Marcos, who's this all-powerful witch. And she's like, oh, Mother Suspiriorium. And she's like, oh, yeah? That's interesting because I don't remember doing that because I am she. And then Bitch. rips open her chest mm-hmm. in a very vaginal-looking type wound, which, yep. again... I love, like, the way that we hint at the beauty of the female form, Mm -hmm. but then, like, also, like, mash it up with, like, this grotesque imagery of, like, blood and, like, ripping, but then it's also very much, like, like... And that's, like, sort of the, the only, the color scheme as well that we've got going on is, like, it's all really Mm -hmm. drab, like, subdued colors other than blood red. Other than blood red. And even Dakota yeah. Johnson has, like, red hair. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. It's so beautiful. And, like, um, and, yeah, just a, a really gory, fun scene of, like, witch massacre. Um, and, like, yeah, it's 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 a fun time if you're into if you're into horror and gore. It's like really it's an interesting And even if you're sure. not into gore, cuz I I there there were some things that I couldn't watch. Um, like especially at the beginning whenever um Susie was dancing for the first time in Oh. And, uh, how, just like the How have we not talked about this scene? I don't yet? know, but like that It's my that favorite one, scene. It was hard for me to cinema. watch. I had to like do it through like the the what what am I? I almost called these my eye windshields. Like <laughs> <laughs> my eye windows. My so eye windows. Like, these are the the blinds. <laughs> I'm watching blinds, it through the yeah. blinds. <laughs> no, but um one of the coolest scenes ever um, I think like that whole scene basically just to set it up real quick for you guys there is another dancer at the company um, she's not like an integral character to the plot but her name's Olga she ends up saying like oh I think you guys are witches and but says it in a foreign language so they don't think Susie really understands what she's saying um, nor the other women but um, and so then they basically bewitch uh, Susie's, like cast a spell on Susie. So when she starts performing uh, Volk, um, which is a uh, dance created by Madame Blanc, um, the dance movements basically uh, correlate with this incredible 
torture sequence. Maybe it's because I'm a broken person and I think, like, <laughs> stuff like that is really cool from, like, a technical standpoint because, like, yes, as a human being, it's, like, really disturbing and hard to watch, but also as, like, a, a maker mm-hmm. and a creator, it's, like, the way that they were able to create this scene and come up with it, and, like, the scene itself takes place in a studio where the all, all the walls are, like, mirrors, so it's, like, very disorienting, but um, basically this other other dancer at, at the company who isn't a witch but is on to them, uh, she basically gets twisted into a pretzel, but, like, while she's still alive. Um, and it's a uh, it's really, really interesting scene. Um, and I'll say that because if I say, like, too many positive adjectives, I feel like people are going to worry about me. Uh, like, is she okay? Um. <laughs> is she okay? She's really into this super upsetting scene. Um, yeah. Um, also, like, one last note, because I know we're getting close to the end, but I wanted to also just touch on there were so many hints at, like, female sexuality and, and stuff as well, mm-hmm. like, um, in a lot of... Uh, um, like Susie's flashbacks in her dreams that she'll have and you'll, um, you'll get glimpses of her childhood and she's like gets caught masturbating or gets caught you know like like things like that gets caught in the closet and um, it's seen as very like like shameful mm-hmm. and very much demonizing and I thought that was such a like really poignant thing for uh, Luca to put in there of like women are so shamed and deterred from like exploring our own bodies. Like our body is viewed as so much of a commodity for uh, men and society, like um, still. And like when women are, when women take back uh, control and, and ownership of their own bodies, especially when it comes to pleasure, there's so much, uncomfortableness around that still in 2020 and even though we can have thousands and thousands of rap songs about men pleasuring themselves it's like we can have one song called WAP and people freak out talking about women like you know self-pleasuring and it's like there's still much there's still such a war on women's bodies and I think that was another really poignant um but very subtle message that he was putting in there as well which i liked yes yeah and he he luca guanino uh is a man but also a queer icon he did uh call me by your name and he's currently doing the show which uh, i don't exactly love call me by your name but that's a conversation for a different day yeah yeah it's got its own issues for Mm -hmm. sure um, I will say that his new show on HBO Max, uh, We Are Who We Are, is uh, really good and also very queer-oriented. We love. Um, and, and non-binary oriented and feminism-oriented. So we love. All of those these things These are all love. things are, are, yes, cheers for that. Add an applause yet again. <laughs> yes. And on that note. On that note. That that unless you have more notes. Um, no, I'm good. That's that's <laughs> <laughs> that's all. I, like, that's all I got today, y'all. That's all I got today. That's all I got for you. I ya. like it though. It's good stuff though. Don't 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 act like it's not good stuff though. That's all the oh stuff God. that we got for you. Okay, <laughs> come back next week am... and we'll have more stuff for you in the stuff getting spot. All right. Hot. Hot and ready. Uh, hot, hot and ready. ready. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get off of my oh, ass. Get off my sugar ass. Ma. All right, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, done yeah, recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just done. All right, me too, and we love you so guys. I don't think you have a choice. You, how can you be an artist and not reflect the times? That, to me, is the definition of an artist. The music for today's podcast is The Definition by CJ. You can find more of his music at cjmakesbeats.bandcamp.com.